This is a Seven West Media podcast. From Olympic gold to the highest echelons of tennis, Brownlow winners to boxing champs, some of the country's best athletes are Indigenous Australians. But why is that success so often accompanied by controversy, booing, abuse, social media harassment? Have the issues gotten better or worse? And are Australian sports fans racist? I spoke with ABC broadcaster Charlie King and Seven News sports journalist, commentator and presenter Jim Wilson. Now just keep talking. Just, okay. Yeah, where, where are you? Getting my level. I'm just in my voice booth over here. Oh, yeah, there it is. It's a brand new world for me, but it's, uh, you must be enjoying it, eh? Oh, loving it. I, I listen to a lot of them. It's Cecilia recording. All right, so, Jim, obviously you've been covering sport for three decades or so. Is that right? That's, that's correct, Cyan, yeah. So looking back at Australian sport, there's no doubt some of our greatest stars are Indigenous Australians. Who comes to mind for you? Well, my all-time favourite moment in covering sport for 30 years has been Cathy Freeman. I think what Freeman did in Sydney in 2000 in winning the 400 metres in front of a you know a home crowd, her family, and the weight of a nation on her shoulders. And I, su- I suppose when she paraded around the the, uh, the the track after she won the gold medal with the Australian flag, with the Indigenous Aboriginal flag. I just thought, gee, you're good, you're classy, and you've got so much respect in, of your Indigenous background. And it was a great celebration. It was a great celebration to be an Australian, but it was also a great celebration and acknowledgement of just how wonderful and the contribution of Indigenous athletes. And we've been blessed. And she was just completely embraced by the nation. But as often happens when an Indigenous person does so well in Australian sport it was a little bit mired in controversy. And in Cathy's case, it was that Aboriginal flag. Tell us what happened there. She was chastised for basically going around the track with the Aboriginal flag draped over her shoulders. So it wasn't sort of part of Olympic protocols and, uh, you know, stuff protocols. It's, you know, I, I was sitting... Well, I, I thought of the time when she won in Victoria in Canada in 1994 at the Commonwealth Games. And she raised a lot of eyebrows then amongst team management. I remember the, the Commonwealth Games boss for Australia, Arthur Tunstall, I mean... Um, you know, I mean, Arthur was a, a purist and passionate for his boxing, but he got this wrong big time. And I think the way that he handled the Cathy Freeman situation at the Commonwealth Games in 1994 was 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 a disgrace. And the same thing with 2000, saying I, I, I had no issues at all with what Cathy did, and some people did. I think, you know, I think we've come a long way, even in the last 19 years. We've still got a long way to go, and you know, I, I, we'll talk more about the state of origin and why those players a week and a bit ago didn't sing the national anthem. I, I think when you're representing Australia, you know, when you're playing for Queensland or New South Wales on the biggest stage in the game and the next step for you is selection for a national team where you're playing under the coat of arms, the national anthem, you should sing it. But in ref- even on reflecting on that, Cyan, I sort of go, when you look at the words, when you think that Advance Australia Fair... Is, is not that old. It's not steeped in history. I, I've sort of softened a bit on that. I sort of go, you know what? They stood there. They were respectful. They didn't sing the words, but I go, you know what? It doesn't reflect Indigenous Australia. It doesn't re- reflect the, 
the thousands of years of of what their of what their past is all about. So I think it's worth the conversation. What has helped change your mind there? Is it maybe hearing their perspective, getting some Indigenous voices actually explaining their point of view? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think that, you know, we're very quick to have knee-jerk reactions with a lot of this. Um, I didn't think... I thought there was a better way of actually making a statement. But you know what? Again, they thought at least this is the way we feel. This is the biggest stage in rugby league. And this is the way I'm going to express my disappointment at the words of the national anthem and the fact we're not going to sing it. I think the conversations that have happened since across the board and why they didn't sing the national anthem, I've listened to. I've digested it. And I've, yeah, I'm, as I said, I'm not totally agreeing with what they did, but I'm certainly not as staunch as I was once I heard their reasons and the background to it. It, it is a very complex issue. We should be celebrating Indigenous Australia. Good morning, Darwin. It is a glorious morning outside. I'm Charlie King. Plenty of sport coming your way. Over ABC the next Grandstand while. commentator Charlie King is a Gurindji man from the Northern Territory. He's covered AFL and cricket for 25 years and was the first Indigenous Australian to commentate at an Olympic Games. Okay, so Charlie, you've had a very long career sort of in commentary. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Because you've been based in the Northern Territory for most of that, is that right? Yes, born in Alice Springs uh, and lived in Darwin since 1966. Joined the ABC, Sire, in 1994 and I've been a sport commentator since then. I think I've done over 700 games of uh, Australian rules football and a whole range of other sports plus, you know, trips to the Olympic Games and Commonwealth Games and the like, so other AFL games around Australia and cricket matches in other parts of Australia as well. So it's been it's been an, an interesting journey and I've thoroughly enjoyed being a sports commentator. Now, of course, you would have covered a lot of Indigenous Australians in sport over that time. Can you tell us, do, do you have sort of a favourite, maybe, I mean, there's a lot of amazing Indigenous players in the AFL. Who are some of your favourite Indigenous Australian sports people? Oh, well, there's been, I mean, Yvonne Gulagong, I, I count as a friend. I've often met with her and spoke to her. I think she's a great um, advertisement for Indigenous Australian sports people. And so I've enjoyed uh, spending time with her. Um, of course, those great footballers like Morris Rioli, the late Morris Rioli and Andrew McLeod have all been people who I've got very close to over the years. And in more recent times, you know, I can talk to some of the cricketers like Darcy Short, you an opportunity to talk to him. And I don't know, I don't really have a favourite, just some beautiful people that I've met along the way. I mean, me coming from Perth, one of my favourites at the moment would have to be Flying Ryan, Liam Ryan over here at the Eagles. When he get, jumps up for one of his marks, it's it's really something else. But that's obviously someone from Perth is going to be a little bit biased on that point, I suppose. I've seen him play too. He's a, he's a great player. And I've seen the, the, the racial... Uh, abuse that he actually got as well, which was all a little unfortunate. It was terrible, wasn't it? And what did you think of the Eagles' response, releasing that video? Where Because obviously he was abused on social media. People posted some terrible comments. And then the Eagles came out with a video basically saying, we're against racism and when's it going to end? What, what did you think of that? Well, I, th- I think clubs have to do that, you know. I mean, they've got to protect... They protect their players for a whole range of things. And as long as I understand the damage that racism actually does to an individual, and we've seen evidence of that, but, you know, clubs do need to take a stand, but they do need more than that, you know. They need the AFL 
to take a much stronger stand as well so that that message trickles down through the clubs, through those state-based teams, down to the grassroots teams as well so that everybody knows that there's no room for racism. The damage is such a worry. I'm Adam Goods, a proud Utnamutna man from South Australia, Sydney Swans player and chairman of the Indigenous Advisory Board. In my 33 years, I've been racially abused way too many times. Of course, the AFL did apologise to Adam Goods last week for the abuse he suffered, all the booing um, that he copped when he was playing. And obviously there was the famous incident where a 13-year-old girl called him an ape and he had her sent out and the repercussions for him were terrible. Now, the AFL apologised for that last week. What did you think of that apology? Was it too little too late or was it a step in the right direction? Well, it had to be done, you know. It's just disappointing that they didn't do it at the start because as an Aboriginal person, and I'm an Aboriginal person and I know lots of Aboriginal people, we knew when we saw that uh, abuse hurled at Adam Goods, we knew it was racial abuse. We knew what it was. I'm really glad that Gillan McLaughlin, the head of the AFL, came out and said, we got it wrong. We just simply got it wrong and we're going to do what we can to stop it happening. That's a good step. It's a, long, it's a step that's long overdue, but it's a, a step in the right di- direction nevertheless. And the Adam Goods documentary has started some conversations. What kind of conversations has it started and what do you think we need to be talking about? Um, if this leads to more conversations around that issue where we can sit down and say, we're now, and this I'm talking about non-Indigenous Australians, can sit down and say, hey, this really is damaging. Because you know what? Adam Goods, pardon the pun here, but Adam Goods is damaged goods at the moment because of what happened to him, you know? He, he's a recluse. You don't see him. You don't hear him. This is a man that was the Australian of the year. This was a man fated by all football clubs and spectators all around Australia. He does one simple thing to celebrate his love for his culture, and he gets chopped down. And the people who chopped him down, I want to hear them apologising. I know who they are. And you know who the people are that I'm talking about, and I'm sure listeners do as well. The big names that actually come out and were critical of him when he did it. And we were cringing and feeling just horrible with what, what they were saying. We, we, we just couldn't believe that they, they would be so ignorant. I, I want to hear them apologise to Adam Goods and say hey, I got this wrong, you know, I really got this wrong. That's, that's the way forward. Growing up as an Indigenous Australian, I've had, I have seen and experienced my fair share of racism. Whilst it has been difficult a lot of the time, it has also taught me a lot and shaped my values and what I believe in today. I believe racism is a community issue which we all need to address, and that's why racism stops with me. There are always two ways we can look at a situation. We can choose to get angry or not. We can choose to help others or not. Or choose to be offended or not. We can keep our silos or educate ourselves and others about racism and minority populations. It is not just about taking responsibility for your own actions, but speaking to your mates when they take out their anger on their loved ones, minority groups, or make racist remarks.
The AFL and the clubs last week coming out and apologising um, was slow to happen. I think should have happened way earlier. But at least people like Andrew Demetrio, the former chief executive, and Gil McLaughlin as well, the current CEO, have put their hand up and said, this wasn't acceptable and, and we should have been much more proactive years ago. Um, so I'm glad, better late than never. Some people have questioned the timing of it, the fact that the premiere of the movie was coming out and that prompted the AFL to make a statement, but they didn't have to go and make a full apology. They're booing Adam Goods because they don't like him and they don't like his behaviour. They don't like the spear throwing and the running in and doing a war dance. You yeah, think nobody's booing is racially motivated? No. Why, why do you I, think I, did, I think people are booing him because uh, he has decided, and this is his right, uh, to parade his Indigenous credentials strongly. It doesn't matter what colour skin Adam Goods has, this is not racially motivated. There's still a great level of resentment for what he did here at the MCG a couple of years ago. I'm sorry, I've been at games where Adam was booed and this whole premise that Adam was booed, and I've been very vocal about this in various comment and opinion pieces that I've written and commentated on, uh, the boos weren't about him milking free kicks. I, I, just, I think that's a cop-out. was about his stance against racism. The teenager from Collingwood who, who, who yelled abuse and racial taunts at him from the grandstands and the fact that he made a stand. And I think that I've been very heartened by the support that Adam's received since the premiere of this movie and this very confronting sort of documentary. But I've been also very disappointed with some of the relics and the dinosaurs that still exist in our community and it still exists in uh, the football sort of media broadcast sector. Colleagues of mine who I'd expect much more of who basically say that he played the racism card. He was booed because he milked free kicks. He was the umpire's pet. I mean, please, give me a break. Put your hand up and let's, let's, let's acknowledge that that was an unacceptable behaviour. This man endured and was basically pushed into retirement by the boos and the racial slurs. And that's not the Australia that I'm, a prou that I'm proud of. And I love this country. I absolutely love this country. I feel so privileged to be an Australian. We should celebrate Indigenous Australia, our background, our history, and we should be respectful. And I think that some of the commentary, even since the movie's come out, from, as I said, dinosaurs who really just don't get it, has been really, really disappointing. I'm thinking, is this the Australia that we're all about in 2019? And, mm -hmm. and the answer to that is, God forbid, I, I don't want that to be the Australia of 2019, but unfortunately it still does exist in, in, in a fa fair amount of the community, which is very, very sad. I mean, we know we had some terrible um, situations with racism in the past. Obviously, Nikki Winmar, whose famous photo is being made into a statue over here in Perth. But calling these people relics, calling them dinosaurs, does that mean you think they are going to, well, for want of a better word, die out and we are getting better? Any logical, any... Um, respectful Australian which should be celebrating Adam Goods and, and quite frankly we should be quite ashamed that he endured for so long without someone saying enough is enough. Yeah. You know, Si, you know my worry that we're, this is going to be a storm in the teacup. We're going to jump up and down and say it's terrible and, you know, should never happen again. We should be forgiven for getting it wrong by saying it wasn't racially motivated when, in fact, it was. Uh, and then, you know, before the ink dries, it happens again. Like, So how do you 
end racism? I mean, it's such a massive question, but what are the steps that we start taking right now, today? Do you know what? I reckon the first question we ask of people, ask non-Indigenous people, when did you last have an Aboriginal person inside your house? When did you invite an Aboriginal person in to visit you? Or, you know, or maybe as, you know, a great man said, track a tillmouth back in the, you know, some years ago, and he said, at least invite an Aboriginal person onto your veranda. Do you know, like, I people won't do that. You know, they won't invite Aboriginal people into their house. Why? I don't know. Hide the silverware if that's what you're worried about, you know. Hide it in the cupboard where an Aboriginal person's not going to see it and want to nick it. So they worry about all those sorts of things. It just doesn't happen that there's a good relationship between Aboriginal people and non-Aboriginal people in our country. That's the sad thing. Non-Aboriginal people are afraid of Aboriginal people for what I don't know. There's a great fear there about Aboriginal people. They'd rather just ignore them and wait until they, you know, can see them doing something that they think is a bad thing and then criticise them. I think there's a lot of work to be done and, you know, I I just think we could start off by at least asking people, have have you had an Aboriginal person inside your house in your lifetime? Mm. So it starts with really friendship. Something that basic, something that grassroots. Do you know what? The hand needs to be extended in friendship, doesn't it? Saying, we, you know, we're all, the, we were all Australians here. This is our country. We want to feel proud about it, you know. We don't want to... And stop smoke screening it, you know. Stop hiding behind that this is the lucky country, that this is a great country, you know. It, it isn't. It isn't. There's, there's, there's some great things about it. I love it dearly. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. This is the country that I, that I want to be a part of. But we need to have some honesty about a few things. Let's talk about things like the Royal Commissions that we've had. We've had Royal Commissions into child abuse, Royal Commission, you know, into youth justice, Royal Commissions into domestic violence. Now, Royal Commission into elder abuse. That's us. That's Australians. There we are. That's what we look like. If we hold up the mirror and look at that, that's, that's what we look like. Don't hide away from that and say we're a great country and everything's fine. It is not fine and racism is one of the, one of the really bad things that is allowed to linger and live there and it shouldn't do. Do you think having such incredible Indigenous sports stars helps, the like opens the conversation at all or is it just we celebrate our Indigenous sports stars when they do what we want win but then there's always controversy in a way there isn't for white athletes yeah you know the trouble with having sports stars do it is because it's open slather when they're performing out on a on a field somewhere you can say what you want it would seem you know that's the problem with having sports stars do it we need a bigger shift than that you know we need better than better better things happening more broadly across the country than trotting out sports stars doing a good job because they're open to being racially vilified you know Moving forward, I mean, the AFL, obviously the apology, you said that's something that needed to happen. It's making moves, and the NFL with their Indigenous rounds, and and that was recently in the AFL. We saw Sydney Stack's amazing dance before the um, game began. Did those kind of initiatives help? Uh, Well, you know, I love the Indigenous round. I think it's fantastic. I love seeing all the, you know, the football guernseys with the Aboriginal, you know, paintings on it and colours on them. They look fantastic. They're even wearing footy boots that are designed by Aboriginal people. That's great. You know what? But then when, when Indigenous round is over, there's the problem with it. When Indigenous round is over, 
Do people then go back to where they were before? Like, we'll, we'll put aside this time where we can all celebrate Aboriginal culture and Aboriginal, you know, great Aboriginal sports stars. We'll celebrate them in the highest possible way. But then when, it, when that week is over, what are we saying? You see, we're saying, now can we go back to... Now, can we all go back to where we used to be before, where we were being racist and, you know, not prepared to accept that Aboriginal people can do some great things? That's my bother with it. I'm not saying don't so have it. So it. It, it sort of opens the door to moral licensing, saying, well, I'm not racist because I enjoyed the Indigenous round. Yeah, that's right. I did my bit. I turned up. I cheered for Adam Goods. I thought he was fantastic. But now what? Now what? While well, he sits there a recluse and, and can't come out, you know? This is a beautiful kick, actually. Now, this could be very exciting. Jetta, at full pace, goes bang! Yes! It was as exciting as it looked. And, and I think the key word here for me is respect. And my mother brought me up like that, uh, myself and my two sisters, and uh, whatever... Uh, colour, creed, religion, um, colour of skin, whatever you you respect. And um, and you mentioned Nicky Winmar. I mean, that's going back to the nineties, and even before then, Morris Rioli, some of the greats of Australian rules football, Arthur Beetson in rugby league. Um, you know, the conversations should have happened. They didn't. But you know what? We're having them. And I think with things like the final quarter, it's you know, it's 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 basically bringing it a highlighting that this is what happened. Let's learn from the mistakes and let's really celebrate the you know, wonderful athletes and wonderful contributors to Australian society and, um, you know, not just in sport but across the board. And we should celebrate the fact that we are in the best country in the world and this is a big part of it. And we should, that, and we, that's why we should be celebrating Indigenous Australia because they are a huge part of our history. They were here way before Ang- the Anglos. They, were, they, they are the custodial owners, the traditional owners of the land, and uh, we should respect that. You hear people talking about being colourblind and just treating everyone the same, but talking to you, I, I feel like that's not the right approach because you do want people to still be able to celebrate being Aboriginal. Yeah, well, we're Aboriginal players who do something fantastic out on the sporting field, have the right to celebrate in the way they want to celebrate, you know. Do a war dance. Aboriginal people had little to dance for except war dancers. That's what they did, you know. That's a, that, and that's something that gets passed down through the generations, you know. There's no spear. There's no actual spear there. That, that's all those people had when these dancers were, were developed all those thousands of years ago. They just had a stick in their hand and they would throw it. And that's, that's, that's all they had, you know. And they didn't have a guitar. They didn't have a ukulele. They didn't have a mouth organ. They just had a stick. That's all they had. And they picked it up and they threw it as part of a celebration in joy, you know. Why can't we celebrate that? Why can't we understand that? I saw that dance of Adam Goods again and I thought, that's a beautiful dance. I lo- the way he moved was just terrific. And that's the day I want to see where we can do that and feel comfortable and, and do it well, you know. Do the dance well and do it when we want to as a celebration of having done something that we feel is really good. Not just for me, not just for your, your, yourself, but for your whole team. I'm celebrating because I've done something really good for my team and I feel good about it. Mm. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Charlie. I feel very privileged to be talking to you and thank you for being patient because this is the kind of thing that needs to be worked through and, you know, I think having an Indigenous voice explain it is just 
the most important thing. You know, if you're taught, you can't just talk about these things. You need to listen. Yeah, and the sad thing is, you you become frustrated and angry when you talk about it, which then doesn't make it easier to sell the message. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. when I talk about these things, I get I sound as though I'm angry and I'm aggressive about it. I'm just trying in frustration to make a point. I'm not angry. I don't want to hurt anyone. I'm just saying we need to be doing more. I'm calling on people. Let's hope the future that we hand over to our kids is better than the one we're living in now. That's all we can hope for, isn't it? Enough said. Thanks to ABC broadcaster Charlie King and Seven News sports journalist Jim Wilson. That is your news fix for this week. Every week we'll dig a little deeper and go behind the headlines. News Fix is produced by Seven West Media. Supervising producer is John Buck. Our executive producer is Nikki Hamilton. And the director of news and public affairs is Craig McPherson. I'm Cyan Doherty. Thanks for listening.